Hey everybody, this is Alan Fine, and I'm here with Adolfo Perez, who you see a lot on Insider Travel Report, we're, we're pleased to say. He's the Senior Vice President, Global Sales and Trade Marketing at Carnival Cruise Lines. We are on the newest ship in the fleet, well, for today at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it, uh, which is the uh, Carnival Celebration. Uh, it's going to soon be joined by another, we'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about... Uh, new uh, events, there's an event happening now, uh, itineraries, private islands, and selling Carnival Cruise Lines here on Insider Travel Report. First thing is that we've got uh, dates coming up. I mean, we're in the middle of it, the, the yeah. Veterans Week. Yes, Veterans Week. Uh, we always do on all of our on all of our cruises. We always have a Veterans Appreciation Day, um, and now this week, because of Veterans Day, we're actually doing an entire week celebrating veterans, active duty members as well, um, because they're such a. We carry more military guests than any other cruise line. They're super important to us. We have a bar right over here, the Heroes Bar, specifically uh, you know designed for them, and uh, you know. How, we have to be grateful for everything that they've done for us. So we, we try to do our part every single cruise, every single, you know, uh, Carnival cruise every week. So. And you've got them uh, from the 5th of November to the 11th are the events at all the different ports. Yeah, we're actually um, working with the uh, veterans uh, medical uh, assistance uh, that, uh, that we're actually donating 15 passenger vans to each of the five places that we're going to be visiting to help with the transport of veterans to the medical facilities. So we're, we're really proud of what we do for the veterans because uh, we're certainly proud of what they do for us. All right, well, let's talk about this ship. Mm -hmm. And uh, first of all, the, it's, uh, how, how big is it? Let's give us some stats. So gross registered tons, which by the way is not the weight of the ship, it's the in amount of enclosed space. So every 100 cubic feet is a gross registered ton. This ship is 185,000 gross registered tons. It's big. Let's just put it that way. It's a really big ship. It's over 1,000 feet long, so more than three football fields long. And um, uh, she has 19 decks, or maybe 20. Uh, but well, because there might be one little tiny deck above, yeah. So 19 uh, for sure, maybe 20. Um, and uh, she has she can carry uh, over 6,000 guests, I think, on this sailing. Uh, typically in the summer months, when we have all the third and fourth cabins uh, or beds filled in the rooms with families, we get up over 6,000. Uh, on this cruise, we have about 5,500. Um, all the cabins are full, but we don't fill all the beds because it's not family time. So. But uh, so does that give you a absolutely no? It it does, but also the, this is uh, after Mardi, Mardi Gras. Which class are we in, and what's they're all? So Mardi Gras was the first in what we call the Excel class ships. Mardi Gras was our very first ship, uh, the original Mardi Gras, right. uh, and then then we ended up naming the first Excel class ship Mardi Gras, and um, there's three of them. So it's Mardi Gras, Carnival Celebration, and then the new one coming up, mm -hmm. uh, Carnival Jubilee. Right. Um, that'll be sailing out of Galveston starting on December 23rd. She'll be making her way across the Atlantic uh, later this month so that she can do her cruise uh, December 23rd. And all three of these ships are uh, liquefied natural gas. Yeah, that's another thing. We're, we're very focused on the uh, sustainability and the environment. Uh, Mardi Gras was the first cruise ship in North America to be uh, have propulsion with um, liquefied natural gas, LNG. 
And um, we actually had to work with the vendors that sell the, the liquid, uh, liquefied natural gas to create a bunkering system because there are, there are really no facilities in the U.S. for LNG. Uh, so we had to work with, uh, with the fuel companies and we created one first in Port Canaveral for Mardi Gras, now in Miami, and then we'll, of course we'll have one in uh, uh, Galveston. So we got away from celebration, but let's talk some more about it. So yeah. uh, let's talk about public spaces. Yes. There, there are a lot of them. Yeah. So look, when you have this many guests on board, you want to give guests as, mu as many options as possible. If we didn't have as many venues, whether it be drinks, uh, food venues, um, places to hang out, bars, uh, you'd have a lot of congestion because when you have that many guests on board a ship, I mean, you just, you know, you got to be able. So we've done a, a, we did a lot of work to make sure that the, the, that we disperse the guests throughout the ship. So there's a ton of different little uh, eating. So for example, lunch, typically back in the old days, you had the Lido deck or maybe the main dining room for lunch. Now we have the Lido Deck Marketplace. We have Guy's Burger, which by the way is my favorite. I had two yesterday and one the day before. Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm uh, encouraging gluttony, but mm -hmm. you have to eat it. And then I had sushi after that with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so we have the sushi place as well. We have Emerald's uh, a Bistro. Um, we have Street Eats. We have uh, <laughs> Shaq's Big Chicken. Uh, we have Cucina del Capitano. So, you don't, you know, you don't have that same feeling you did, you know, let's say 20 years ago when really most of the options were just Lido deck and maybe main dining room. So now we got guests all over the ship and we're doing activities everywhere. So we're trying to get people to not just be in one spot so that we have. Well, the key is choice. Yeah. Oh, no. I, that's what I think. The f everybody asks me, well, what do you think of the future of cruising? Look, over the last few decades, you know, especially probably uh, accelerated uh, in the last 10 years is giving guests more options to customize their vacation to make sure that they get to do what it is that they get to do. You know, we always talk about being the fun ships. Carnival's a fun ship, uh, fun cruise line. Everybody's idea of fun is different. And on board, you've seen uh, probably already people playing bingo, people playing, you know, whatever. We have family feud now. Um, my, my idea of fun is sitting in serenity, the adults only um, pool area, sipping a drink, reading a book. Um, so that's my kind of fun, but any, everybody has their kind of fun, especially kids. We have kids programs. We have a roller coaster on board. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to ride it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Roller coaster. We have a ropes course with a zip line. We have pools. We have kids uh, uh, clubs uh, for all different ages. It, it's, there's just something for everyone. That's why multi generational families, especially now after the pandemic. Uh, People want to be together, and a Carnival Cruise is the perfect option for a multi-generational uh, vacationer. Yeah. So that answers that question, who are you going to sell it to? But now, the other question is, uh, you have all these eateries, but then you also have these restaurants. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Rudy uh, and his sea uh, food place, and, uh, in fact, show a couple of his dishes. But then, uh, let's just name uh, those, please. Okay, so we have Rudy's Sea Grill, my favorite. I'm having dinner there tonight. Uh, we have the Steakhouse uh, Fahrenheit 555, which is unbelievable. Cucina del Capitano, family-style Italian food. We have Chibang, which is the Mexican-Italian food. It's not necessarily fused. It's like you can pick one or both uh, of either one. I was told to have Peking duck there, and yeah. it was a good suggestion. Oh, you had it. I haven't eaten there yet today, or this cruise. Um, well, because you keep having those burgers. Guy's Burgers. So, yeah, Guy's Burgers, it's, it's, uh, it's included in the price of the cruise. They are by far the best hamburgers at sea and on land, in my opinion. 
Um, pizza wasn't bad either. Yeah, pizza's great. We have a deli. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many different places. Uh, the chef, we had dinner at the chef's table last night. That's a really special uh, event uh, for uh, parties of up to 16. And you actually get a tour of the galley, and then the, the, um, the, the chef and his team put together a few appetizers out in the galley. Then you go to this beautiful room that's quiet and cold, um, uh, where they, they, I swear, the amount of food that came last night was unreal. Let's talk about room classes. Now, I, I was able to get uh, some footage of a suite. We're going to show them. Yeah. Uh, if we could talk about that and then and what's beyond that. Yeah. So we have the standard cabins that we do on all of our uh, on all of our ships. We have the interiors, which are the most affordable. Um, uh, then ocean view with uh, with the windows, and then we have a ton of balconies on board the ship. And then on this class of ship, the Excel class ship, we have uh, 21 suite classes. The one you saw isn't the one I wanted to show you, but still beautiful room, lots of space. What always happens is they're sold out, so I can't show you. I'm sorry. Yeah, we ha actually had a no-show from our group, uh, and that room uh, was able to, yeah, we were able to show it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, even just a standard balcony, I mean, you know, look, if you want to go on a cruise and spend the least amount of money you can, just because that's all you can afford, that's all you want to spend, then interior cabins are great. They're comfortable, they're spacious, they have great closet space, great bathrooms. Um, I wouldn't want to go in anything other than a balcony. It doesn't have to be a suite um, because the ability to connect with the ocean on your own balcony, having coffee, sipping a glass of champagne or whatever, really elevates the cruise experience. And you're, after all, you're on a cruise because you want to connect with the ocean, you want to be on the ocean, and what better way to do that than in a balcony? So, uh, of course, a ship of this size, uh, people are eating, they need a spa and a gym. Yeah. Yeah, we have the Cloud9 Spa on board this ship. Uh, that's our, our uh, spa across the fleet. And amazing, you can, you can either get, um, you know, like salon-type uh, treatments, whether it's getting your hair cut, hair blown out, dyed, nails done, foot, feet done. Um, then, of course, we have the uh, thalassotherapy um, pools. Uh, we have the steam rooms, there's showers, scented showers, uh, cold showers, hot showers. Uh, so if you want to really kind of relax and decompress completely or try to sweat out some of those pounds that you just gained, uh, perfect spot, not to mention the gym. The gym, a huge gym, free weights, we have machines, we have a lot of ellipticals, a lot of uh, treadmills, we have classes, we do spinning classes, we do yoga classes, Pilates. So. There's no excuse to gain weight on a cruise, despite the fact that there's 20,000 places to eat. <laughs> Does this ship have superior plumbing? And the reason I ask is the ubiquitous <laughs> sign that usually says, only toilet paper. It says no now, bulky item. It says no bulky I item. I the other day, too. So is that a sign of how great the plumbing is? Look, just flush toilet paper down the toilet, no matter what. Don't, I don't, don't know what everybody's opinion of what bulky or yeah, what. Don't test it. Don't test it. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> last thing you want in the middle of the ocean is a sewage problem. <laughs> Well, well, with three ships in a row, let's just quickly, what's Mardi Gras to Celebration to uh, Jubilee? Yeah. So whenever we have a series of ships that are built, same class, we look for ways to tweak them and, and make them better. One of the things that's different about Carnival Celebration that'll be similar on Jubilee versus Mardi Gras is the uh, when you first walk onto the promenade. So Emerald's Restaurant is on the promenade deck. And on the Mardi Gras, the kitchen is over by the windows and the seating is over by the walls. The uh, fortune teller bars against the wall versus against the window. Here, what we did is we moved the bar into the uh, walking space, put the seating by the wall, and then emeralds, we pushed the kitchen against the wall, which makes more sense with the windows by the seat. So little things like that that we do 
and you know different uh, themes on board as well. So now let's talk about Carnival on land. So you have the new celebration uh, key coming up, but you also have others, the old ones. Let's talk about any improvements and upgrades there. Yeah, so we have um, a, pri a private island destination right now called Half Moon Key. It's, it's one of our highest rated ports. It's idyllic, it's beautiful. It is, and actually Holland, it was Holland America's island. I don't know if it still is or not, but Holland America is one of our companies, so it's ours too. <laughs> And it's just one of these places where you go to relax. It's all about the beach, the water, the crystal clear, unbelievable, uh, you know, Caribbean waters. It's half moon. It's half moon. Um, we also use Princess Key, also another carnival company. Um, I've never been there, but I hear it's beautiful as well. And then we just announced our very own private destination called Celebration Key. And she's going to be uh, on Grand Bahama Island, which is where Freeport is. So it's very close to the United States, um, which is great for fuel conservation and getting there fast, being able to potentially spend the night there. Um, and it is going, we're spending about $500 million creating this destination to the largest freshwater lagoons that in the, I don't know if it was the Caribbean or the world, um, <clears throat> a water park for kids. There's uh, an adults only area. There are, uh, there's retail, there's like 20 food, different food outlets there on, uh, on the island. And uh, it's going to have a, a pier, which will allow us to dock two ships this size at right. the same time. And, and you figured out the flow for all the passengers. Yeah. So m my question then is, will uh, Holland and Princess get to use it? Uh, they might get to use it. We get to use using theirs. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But we have 500 uh, itineraries already scheduled to stop there starting in July of 25 or, or yeah, summer 25. Uh, nine home ports on the East Coast with 18 ships visiting as of this point. So you also sponsored columnist on Insider Travel Report. Your last, your last column was about uh, travel advisors booking their clients far out to ensure the best yeah. rates. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, in the, in the past, up until 2019, uh, we had done a really good job of, you know, I say this lightly, uh, training uh, guests to book further out. The further out you book, the better deal you get. Um, and then, you know, during the pandemic, once we restarted as low pricing was still available close in, but we've, we've had so much demand now since last August, since the dropping of the COVID protocols that we've been able to actually retrain guests to book further out. And we've actually opened sailings for the very first time all the way through summer of 2026. And people think, oh, that's crazy. Who's going to, you'd be surprised. And I have to tell you the earlier you book the better price you get you lock in the cabin you want you get the price you want and it you know and you know I was, Chris, you heard Christine talking the other day about half the fun of a vacation is the anticipation the planning and I remember as a kid going on my first cruise with my parents back in 1976 I had the brochure in my room I circled everything I mean back then the ships were like this big you know yeah. um, and it, it really is part of the fun. So if you can encourage uh, your clients to book early, A, they're gonna get a great deal and they're gonna be able to enjoy the process of getting to the final day when they board the ship. And also remind them that there's just no waiting to see if you get a deal at the last minute. That just doesn't happen anymore. No, it's not happening. No, so don't, don't wait. Tell them not to wait. Give them, that's what you're there for. You're advising them. Advise them on this. Right. Now, to wrap up, let's, let's just give a final word to our over 126,000 travel advisors. And I was thinking you gave a great presentation on courage. Yes. So I talked about courage. And there's obvious things that you, know, that you can consider courageous, like a firefighter running into a burning building, or you can, you know, some Somebody uh, climbing a, a rock, you know, uh, 
uh, what do you call it, a, a face of a mountain, which I think is a little crazy, not so much brave, more crazy, but hey, the, you gotta be brave to do that. And then there's little things about uh, brave bravery that we, you know, we have to do every day. It's really being uncomfortable with the uncomfortable, thinking, you know, uh, getting outside of your comfort zone. And as a travel advisor, I mean, you're faced with these things all the time, right? So I, one of the things that I talked about was, you know, cold calling, cold calling, like who likes to cold call? Who, li who wants to be rejected? Who wants to call a lead, right? But if you don't do it, somebody else might, and you're gonna lose out on the business. Credit card, perfect example. I was talking about Bob Dickinson, our former president. Um, he always talked about, you know, when you're selling something, talk about, you get the foods included, the great stateroom, the balcony, blah, blah, blah. It's all for $7.99 per person. Which credit card would you like to use to secure this booking? And it's scary to do. It takes a little courage to do it. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it, the chances are you're going to get people to do it much more easy. It'll flow out. More natural it comes out. It flows right out. And once you have a client's deposit, the likelihood of them canceling is uh, at least three times less. So if it's 30% of the time, you're talking about less than 10% of the time, does a person who deposits actually cancel a booking, so. Speaking of time, thank you for giving us some. Yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, inviting me on. Thanks for hosting us. Yeah. And th this is Alan Fine for Insider Travel Report.